We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation Thursday night. Knicks, CP from Knicks Fan TV on the check-in. This is the quarter season report. Knicks are 8-11 and 11 on this campaign so far, sitting in 8th in the Eastern Conference. So I wanted to chop it up with my guys joining me tonight. We have the return of David Zidon, basketball skills trainer. David, welcome yes. back. My guy CK2K representing the West Coast Knicks. CK, what's going yes, on? And, of course, Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School. Macri, how you feeling, man? Fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. I mean, how, how could you not be with the way this team has played so far? Um, yeah. Shout out to Gates, 5-3 and three start. Best start since Knicks tape. And, um, you know, we, we got to kick it off with the good, and, and it's got to be with Julius, man. Julius Randle, 22 points, 11 boards, 6 dimes on the campaign, doubling his assist uh, average from last year, his assist percentage damn near doubling, assist to usage rate almost doubling. Um, Julius is just playing like a beast, man. You know, he he was uh, much maligned from his first year here, as we know. A lot of us in the fan base wanted to see him gone, you know, based on a lot of the mistakes that he had made, but give credit to him. You know, he's really put in a lot of work. And uh, and without him, this I don't think this team wins a game without him. You know, CK, what, what do you think about Julius's performance so far? Yeah, I, I've I've apologized everywhere I could apologize, and I'm hoping Julius Randle <laughs> Jr. if he cares and probably doesn't care, but yeah, I, I was definitely in the heat of all that um, <laughs> that we were giving them last year. But yeah, there there is no good start that we've had this year um, without Julius Randle. That is point blank period. You know, um, I had worries that him and R.J. Barrett were just too similar and did too much of the same thing that they just will not work. And they slapped me in the face, proving me wrong, and I'm completely fine being smacked with that, with being wrong on that. One. I'll take that L all every day of the week. But yeah, Julius Randle is uh, went from being the, uh, the 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 guy that everybody was blaming last year to a yeah. potential All Star. We're all coming together trying to make sure that we get that guy in there. So yeah, we couldn't have had this season so far without Julius Randle. So yeah, hundred percent, man. Macri, what about you, bro? 
I mean, when he's not on the floor, um, you know, this is according to Cleaning the Glass, the Knicks are scoring 98.7 uh, points per 100 possessions, which would be Terrible. the worst margin of, of in sure. the league by like five points or six points or something like that. Um, it's obscene. Um, they, you know, when he's not on the sh- floor, they they have a 46 uh, effective field goal percentage. That's again, that's <clears> absurd. Uh, they can't do anything offensively when he's not out there, and I don't mean that to disparage RJ Barrett, um, because RJ's made some real strides, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him. His season has yeah. been, um, honestly, in, in some ways, uh, as refreshing as Randall's because of the ways that he's grown. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show that in the NBA. Um, you need to be a special player to carry an offense, and he is carrying the Knicks offense on his broad shoulders. And like, yeah, no, I mean, I, look, I've I've eaten my crow. I'm sure there's a lot more crow to come. I'm trying to get the the Julius Randle All Star ca- campaign started to get my man his money, um, one million dollar bonus if he makes you it. Go. You know, but what can you say? The guy's he's been an All Star. That's all there is to say about it. Yeah, man, David, what what have you seen from Julius uh, thus far this season? He's commanding double teams. I mean, they're even zoning him. Yeah. He's, I mean, the guy's a beast right now. It's crazy. It's like night and day from the fans' reaction to his development and the way he's been able to play. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to see. He's all, You know, he's finding teammates now. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest mm-hmm. knock that everybody had against him last year, and they're saying that he was a little bit too selfish with that spin move, but now – you know, he's finding guys, he's scoring, he's rebounding, he's playing great defense. I mean, the guy's an animal. Yeah, I agree with you, man. You've seen him play a lot more under control. And give credit to Fizz. You know, I think we knocked Fizz a lot, but Fizz's objective last year was to give Randall a lot of that responsibility as the point forward and to really be that guy. You know, Fizz really challenged him in that way. Um, but, you know, it, he, he didn't handle it the best way, and it was, it, was, it was a tough learning experience for him. But like I said, this year... As he said, he studied more film under um, under Tibbs. He studied, you know, Chicago sets, Minnesota sets. Uh, worked on his body a lot. You know, came in trim, and and he's doing a damn thing, man. 86 percentile in assist to usage. Um, that that's outstanding because we were Crazy. looking for him to make winning plays. That was always going to be the the difference maker with him. We knew the points were going to come, the boards were always going to come. But can he make winning plays for this team? Can he make his teammates better? And, and I think he, he's done that, no no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Uh, CK, what else have you looked at as, uh, I guess, a positive this season? Uh, the definite positive has just been coaching, right? We got it. We got to talk about the top because something we haven't seen in such a long time is just uh, hearing all the things we want to hear in the offseason, the stuff that just gets us Knicks fans so excited, but then actually seeing it be backed up as the season began. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, defense, and we're going to work on defense. We're going to work on this, then the third, and then the season starts, and it's like, what the hell were we listening to? And then this year we were actually seeing <laughs> that we were working on defense. Yeah. The ball was moving. Like, a lot of the things that were being said was happening, and it was really, really, really nice to see. And, of course, uh, just like with anything that the Knicks ever do, there was a lot of skepticism that came with, you know, the Knicks hiring Tom Thibodeau. And uh, that went away, I feel like, went away pretty quickly because, um, yeah, he's, he's he's put this team into shape. You know, a young squad that people were afraid that he wasn't going to be able to adapt to. And he's done a great job. So, you know, we're probably going to talk about it eventually, you know, with rotations and people have their gripes and this, that, and third. But 
overall, what he's done so far getting this team uh, to play defense. Uh, we're talking we, – I see more tweets about Kevin Knox making good stops yeah. than I've seen in his entire career. So I, you, you got to give you got to give your hat to uh, Tom Thibodeau because I feel like he's a, a huge major part to um, the start that we've had. Top 10 defense in the league, Macri, man. Top 10 defense in the league. Uh, got to talk about the job that Tibbs has done. These guys are locked in. These guys are buying in. They're playing hard under him. Um, I love the way that Tibbs, you know, holds these guys accountable. You know, when when he sees that the momentum is slipping away, instantly calls a timeout, gets the guys to regroup. And, uh, you know, the, these guys are locked in. You notice last year and a lot of years, you know, previously, it was always blown assignments. It was always blown coverages. Guys looking around when the basket goes through the hoop, like, you know, whose man was this? What are you doing this, that, and the third? You haven't been seeing that too, too much. I mean, on this West Coast trip, yeah, you know, they had some breakdowns, especially in the Utah game. But all in all, man, they're playing like a sound unit out there. Yeah, I, you know, it's it, – I think the hardest thing to do in the NBA is to get a team that is picked to finish last – um, to act like a team that isn't that hasn't been picked to finish last, right? Because we 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 have heard how many different coaches, um, you know, uh, as as you just said, um, talk about accountability before a season, and it's really easy to talk about accountability. Yeah, it's yeah. a great word to throw yeah, around. It sounds nice. It. They all say it. It has a, it has a wonderful ring to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but ultimately. These guys are smart, right? So they know, like, all right, well, the, the team's not going to be very good. I'm, I have this role with the team. And whatever that role is, whether you're a veteran, whether you're a young player, like, you know once the season deteriorates, like, you're eventually either going to get your minutes, regardless of what you do, or you're not going to get your minutes, regardless of what you do. Mm -hmm. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So to have these guys come in and act like, you know what, we're, we're a competitive team – Despite the fact that they are out talented, I mean, pretty much every night. I I, I don't well, you know I, mean, I I don't know if that's an overstatement, but like seriously, like we were we were favored in two games this year against the shorthanded Cavs and against the Thunder, and you look out there and you're like, well, geez, the Thunder have Al Harford and like George Hill and Shea Gilgis Alexander and like Lugans Dorton, all these guys, like they are. It's an uphill climb every night, and somehow. They're eight and eleven, and I don't. I don't think it's fool's gold. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into it, but I. I think the defense is real. I really do. I think they're doing just enough right. Yeah, there's some open shots, of course, but um, it's within the scheme. It's what Tibbs wants to do. You know, you just, can you get out harder occasionally? Sure, but I think they're they're competing. Yeah. I, I think the defense is real. I mean, if if you look at where they've come from, you know, again last year and previous years, yeah, maybe they may come back to the to the middle a little bit you know they are top 10 I think they've been hovering between 6 to 10 um they do give up some some open looks here and there and and some teams are going to make you pay but I think overall they've been pretty sound they've been disciplined I would love to see them get a little bit more aggressive <clears throat> maybe that comes with personnel um you know they don't turn you over that much and and I think that when you talk about the the offense still not being where it needs to be I think that would certainly help but I think overall, you know, the defense has been pretty sound. And David, what do you see out there um, from the defensive end? An air of confidence. That's what I see. I see a mm -hmm. confident, competent group uh, that they communicate. I mean, a lot of people are, I guess, complaining or worried about the fact that Tibbs likes to ice a lot of times. And, mm -hmm. you know, we've been able to show the skill set of having a real rim protector in Mitch. 
And then even, as I said, you know, Randall's playing great defense. Knox is getting stops. RJ's buying in. We're using our length to our ability. So, or to their abilities, I should say. So, yes, I think the defense is real. There's much more communication in the sense of the help side and the little, little things that a lot of people overlook. They're buying into it. And, you know, sure, there are little things that happen here and there in the perimeter and, like, running guys off the three-point line that, you know, we could tweak a little bit. But for the most part, they, they were number one at one point during this point of the season. So yeah, that's not fool's gold, man. They're legit. That, that's the coaching, man. That, that's the coaching. Um, CK, another aspect, got to look at RJ, man. Got to look at young Rowan Barrett, 17-6 and six on the campaign. Came out slow after a hot preseason, shooting in the yeah. preseason. Came out slow. You had people questioning what's going on Yo, with him. Don't. You know, the slander, talking about <laughs> set him to the G League, like desperation <laughs> time. You know, yeah. not even you're not even 20 games in, and people yeah. were panicking. Um, but he's had some good stretches, man. I think the Golden State game, to me, um, really sticks out. as probably his best game of the season. And um, 74% from the free throw line. To me, that, that's been Huge. most encouraging coming from 60% last year. Wanted to see that improve because we knew his bread and butter is going to be getting to that basket. And we knew Tibbs is going to utilize him that way. Um, so for him to get there and, and get those free points, it makes me more comfortable with his role and, and not having to really you know rely on him as a, as a three-point shooter because I don't think he's ever really going to get there consistently. Um, but to see him get to the stripe, Knock those down at a, at a good clip. I love it. And and secondly, with RJ, facilitating. I mm. love him as a facilitator in this offense. Definitely want to see more as the season progresses. But as I said, I look at that Golden State game and how Tibbs utilized them, and um, it was excellent, man. What's your your thoughts on on how RJ's been playing so far? I love that that last part was the part I was going to add because of course I'm, I've I've been very excited about him from the, when we drafted him, and of course you know I was getting attacked because, like, oh, man, this R.J. Bear guy is playing a good third overall pick, C.K. You don't know. <laughs> da, 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 da. He's a G-leaguer, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, overreacting as we do. But um, he's had a great season. Uh, we're seeing him jump up in a lot of numbers. But the two biggest things um, are the rebounding and those free throws. Like, those are things yeah. that you, you're just seeing as a 20-year-old kid, the growth of his game overall, you know. I'm not really that worried about the three-point shooting. I think at some point maybe he can have it where he's open, he hits it. Like, that's fine. But what I what I love is that I, I'm, I'm going to give a go back to probably like the Brooklyn game is probably when I feel like that's when he turned it around. He's been doing pretty solid ever since then, whereas you see him attacking the rim and looking to uh, get others uh, more involved, and that's who R.J. Barrett really truly is, and that's why he's been having this stretch of games, um, like you said, more uh, notably the, the Golden State game. Uh, he's 20, man, and he's, you know, he's improving each and every game, and there's still so much to, that's yet to come. You know, uh, The defense is another thing I don't think we're talking enough yeah. about when it comes to R.J. Barrett. There's so many things that he's doing so well. But, yeah, the very last thing you said is the thing that I want more of. I think we saw that. We saw it at the beginning of the Portland game, and we saw it a little bit in that Utah game where you saw RJ was running the, 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 the ball a little bit more than Alfred Payne, and I like that yeah, because that's it. where I feel like you're seeing the most out of um, what RJ Barrett can truly do. He's, he's, yeah. he's great around the rim, great inside scorer. You know, we get that. But it's facilitating. He's just so slept on, and we, we don't get to see that enough. So I want to see more of that as the season goes on. That's what I'm looking at. And, and that's one of the things why I never really, you know, panicked when he was going through the shooting slump was because – 
he does other things to impact the team in terms of winning. You know, it's not like Kev, like, and salute to Kev because, you know, I'm, I'm a big Kev fan. But when Kev's not shooting, yes, his, his defensive activity is good. But, you know, he, he's not really contributing elsewhere. At least with RJ, you know he's going to get on the boards. You know he's still going to get to the line. And you know he's going to facilitate. Doesn't turn the ball over that much either. And so I think there's still areas of the, of the game that, that he's going to impact. And, and uh, we just got to have patience with RJ. But, Macri, over to you, man. What's been your, your takes on year two of uh, Rowan Barrett? Yeah, I mean, so a couple, couple I'm going to steal from my, uh, my Friday newsletter. Uh, there's uh, two players in league uh, this year that are 6'6 or under uh, that are top five uh, offensive rebounds per game and total rebounds per game. And it's, it's Barrett. And uh, Kelvin Johnson in San Antonio. Uh, last uh, seven games, or actually it might be eight games, um, among uh, 196 NBA players who've taken at least three pointers per three three pointers per game, uh, RJ's eighth in conversion rate. He's hit 52 percent of those, which is just like if you would have said that during either the what was it 0 for 21 or yeah, 1 for 0 for 21. But he's it's the he, first game. He didn't let it get to him, and that's the thing I think you come back to. And, I, like, I, I know myself, I get caught in the trap with Barrett where I'm like, okay, what's the – where's the elite skill? Where's the elite skill that if everything else is breaking down, he could rely on that as the thing that's going to set up every other part of his game? And I think where we need to start to move to is because the his whole game is so well-rounded – he doesn't necessarily need that elite skill. And and I say that with the realization that he does do two things as well as anyone. Um, get to the line, and he's now converting those looks, and he gets to the rim. Yeah. Now, which is why I think of everything that we could talk about with Barrett, his numbers around the basket, specifically over the last, I feel like it's been five, six, seven games, it's really started to turn around. Because that was the thing that always worried me. It's like, okay, the guy can get to the basket, mm-hmm. but if he can't convert around there, you know how to where's the domino effect right and i think he start the move he put on gobert and i know a few people have highlighted it where he just whizzed past him like that to me single most impressive play for me for the entire year awesome stuff snake dribble kept him off guard that that was nice man real nice and i was showing the 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 replay of the the jab step on buddy he i was i was he pulled the jab step out the Mid, yes, sir, mid-range sir. is one of, where I want to see him perfecting his game, sure. man, and, and I think he's got a ways to go. Um, David, you know, you, you've um, kind of taught shooting and, and the art of shooting, and, and we know that that's something that he worked on with with his trainer in, in Drew Hanlon. Have you noticed any, any differences in, in RJ's shot mechanics this year? RJ Barrett, good? <laughs> I wonder who said that. <laughs> I'm gonna take my bias out of this. Um, uh, man, RJ, I love RJ. Uh, that's my man. But uh, his shooting, yes, uh, mechanics-wise, he's getting rid of the ball. He's not. He doesn't have that little bit of a hitch. You know, his palms not flat with the ball. You know, he's able to spread his fingertips. He's he's going up with more. And I'm trying to use this word as much as possible with this team: confidence. Because there were times last year where, I mean, as aggressive as RJ is going to the basket, there were times where he might have, you know looked off a shot or two just because he was trying to find a better shot per se. You know, RJ's, you know, trying to be more aggressive and he's comfortable. And, you know, just like Matthew pointed out, you know, he's converting when he gets to the free throw line, he's confident there. 
the release is the same at the free throw line that it is on the jump shot. And that's something that I was really looking uh, to see from him this year because most of the times when guys get in their own heads, you know this, they, they change routines, they try to, you know, fidget with the ball, they do a little bit too much. But RJ has done a lot in terms of his mechanics and working on that shot with Drew. And uh, I'm tremendously happy and proud for him. Absolutely, man. This kid's got a ways to go, but definitely encouraged in, in how he broke out of that slump. We just hit the reset real quick. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. This is the quarter season report. CP from Knicks Fan TV checking in. We got David Zenon, CK2K, and Jonathan Macri in the building. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Salute to all the mods. TM, Keith Sinclair, I see you guys in here. I see the chat going along with the conversation as well. Salute to um, B-Man, what's going on? Black Paul, Gregory Castillo, always in here. John Talento. Jay Boogie's in the building. The fan favorite is holding it down in the chat. So salute to Jay Boogie, CP the artist, CM, what's going on? Uh, if you guys want to call in with, with, your, with some points after we get through our panel discussion, we'll get to some caller reactions and questions as well. So make sure you guys call in 657-383-1509. Uh, now, fellas, obviously another uh, highlight of this quarter season so far has been IQ. Emmanuel, quickly, man, you know, going into this draft, we, we knew him as the as a three-point marksman with question marks about whether he could play the point. And he's coming from the preseason on through. And I, to me, I, he surprised me. I, I can't speak for everybody else, but he certainly surprised me in how he's, you know, handled this position with poise. Yes, he's made his mistakes, as, as all rookies do, but, I mean, just the poise is really what sticks out. The floater game has been on the money. His ability to draw fouls like a veteran. I mean, he, he looks like James Harden sometimes out there, the way he's getting the calls, and he's getting the calls from the refs uh, as a rookie. You know, I, IQ is really giving this second unit a jolt. It's got the fan base anxious for, for changes in the starting lineup, Tibbs. Start the kid, give him the keys. Um, David, I'll start with you this time, man. What, what's your, been your impressions with, with Quickly thus far? I love that floater, man. That dude, <laughs> he, I mean, he's aggressive. He gets to the lane, puts that floater up. He, yeah. He's, you know, he, he's able to facilitate the offense, but he's been scoring. I mean, he scores at that high clip. I mean, intelligent kid, a very, very smart kid, um, you know, I think the thing about him is when he walks on the court and he's able to keep everybody else accountable, you don't see that from a lot of rookies yeah. a lot of the time. And when you're talking about guys where we're, we're looking at Randall having a great year, RJ having a great year, and then that third person that's just going to fill in that spot here and there, you know, it's point guard by committee we've been having, but with this kid, he looks like the truth. And as I said, I, I, I love his offensive, uh, his game, man. He's, that floater's deadly, man. Deadly. And when he's able to – he hits those shots from the outside. I'm talking about one dribble pull-up, or he's able to get – even if he's ran off the three-point line, he doesn't look rattled at all. And yeah. I, I love that about the kid. That, that's a fact. CK, what, what's been your impressions of IQ this season? Uh, yeah, very surprised. I, I did not see any of what we're seeing right now coming at all, and that is not slight. I just knew him as just the scorer. You know, he was he's always done that. That's He's always been a crazy, crazy shooter, so I thought that that's the, what we were beginning uh, at the at the least. Like, we just began 
uh, a shooter finally because we haven't had uh, solid, consistent shooters on this team. But this dude just came out in preseason and showed us so much more. And now, yeah, we're all, we're all in love with this kid. But the thing that impressed me the most is what you mentioned. is just the way that this dude, as a rookie in the NBA, gets these foul calls is just absolutely – it's just beautiful. The, the floater is great. I, I love the floater. I'm a, I'm a fan of the floater. But, man, this guy is over there getting – he's getting the side calls. He's getting – he's got Damian Lillard even calling him out. Yeah. It, 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 it's just great to see, like, I, I, the confidence. And I, I'm a, I got you, Dave. I got you. The confidence that comes from IQ is just it, – it, it's, it's, it's refreshing, you know what I mean, in his first year. And, yeah, he's had his games, you know, where you know, he's had a few bad games here or there where he's allowed to be a rookie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, there's been so many highs where, to the point where we're talking about him in that rookie of the year ladder. So I, I've been pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, and I'm really excited to see how he finishes out the season if he, you know, continues to go on trajectory, if he eventually becomes our starter, whatever the case may be. I, the, the, the kid comes and attacks the game the right way, yeah. and I'm really excited that, you know, we, we, we got a great draft pick in the later rounds uh, in the late first round. It's great. And now, Macri, man, the fans are calling for it, man. They're, they're losing patience with Tibbs. We know <laughs> Tibbs is a stubborn guy. We, we know he's going to stick to his guns. Personally, I don't see a change happening too soon. Tibbs has gone on and said, you know, um, he likes him with the second unit right now. He did finish with right now. So what's your take? You've been covering the team. You've been asking Tibbs these questions. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, y'all know my my day job is a teacher. So if, like, I – if I'm teaching a class and, like, after a couple months you're looking at, like, my test scores for my kids, I'm like, man, you're doing better with these – anybody who's done with this class in, in years – and then walk in, watch it a little bit, and be like, eh, but I don't like how you do this. You should change this, right? Now, it's something's No, it's not working. Well, can't have it both ways, right? And it's like it'd be one thing if he was – and look, I, for a lot of – for 20-some out of other NBA franchises, 8 and 11 is not anything to write home about. Yes. This, we are not other NBA franchises. This is the Knicks where it has been largely – whatever term dumpster fire tire fire any kind of fire something is ablaze always ablaze <laughs> um so when when you start out the season like this with all the stuff we've been talking about the accountability the defense all that stuff like you don't to me at least my personal opinion you don't get the question right and it'd be one thing if the young players weren't playing i think everybody has to be happy with I mean, RJ's, God knows, RJ's playing a lot of minutes. Mitch's playing a lot of minutes. Quickly's playing a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Except when he doesn't have it going, when he's struggling. And when he struggles, Tibbs takes him out. When he has it going, he lets him roll with it. Um, you know, could could Obi and Knox be getting a few more? Sure. But is that really the hill that you want to die on? Like, no, Obi Toppin can't be – he has to be getting 18 minutes a game. He can't be getting 12 minutes a game. Knox got to be getting 20, not – like – you have to trust the process, not yeah. to use a Philly term, but I'm going to anyway. And as far as Emmanuel quickly goes, I mean, what's the line? I'm not cocky. I'm, I'm confident. Like, it, ta- it takes – it's tough to toe that line, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, from when he got that first opportunity to start in that Cleveland preseason game and just comes out and just takes absolute control of the team, I think we knew then. Yeah. This kid was different, Facts. right? Facts. And that, as David was saying, commands the respect of the guys around him even when he doesn't have the ball, you see him at the top of the arc commanding the offense, like directing guys around. Like, that's what you want. Is he a starting point guard long term? Is he going to be a six man? Like, I don't, I don't really care right now. I just, I'm enjoying this and I want to see it keep going. 
Yeah, so certainly um, enjoying it all the while. And as you said, at 8 and 11, you can't really complain, especially where they're coming from, um, sitting and, and competing. They're, they're competing every night. That's all you could ask for. Have some quality wins this year, whether it's against Milwaukee, Boston, the Pacers. You know, they have some good wins this year for sure. So we, we definitely talked a lot of good. Um, what, what are some areas of concern? You know, for me, I'll say that this offense, despite – all the, the prowess that, that we just said about Julius and, and all the improvements and how he's making these guys better, offense is still stuck in the mud, still in the bottoms of the league. Um, terrible fast breaks, you know, three-point shooting. How do – where do we go from here, man? How do we change that to, to give this, this offense a spark if – if we're going with the same five, you know, it doesn't seem like quickly going to be moving in, in there. But, you know, David, I'll start with you, man. How, how do you, where do you go to give this offensive boost? Well, I think that transition, yeah, you know, we're, we, we have to improve a little bit there. And the three-point shot, yeah, there's more that's to be desired there. But for the most part, I think there are times where, let, let's be honest, you know, our two – premier scorers on the team are not necessarily the best on the three-point line. Yeah. So, you know, when the ball is going to go through them for the most part, you know, they're dominant, they're able to command attention, and I'm glad that they're facilitating. Now it's just a matter of the bench whenever they are, you know, matched up with the starters at some point or some of the starters at some point that they have to produce. And that's something that's going to come along with the player development program that they have there and what Tibbs is going to put in terms of their offense. And at some point or another, it's funny, I was talking to somebody about this, where the, the Knicks have ran a form of a triangle yeah. offense at some point or another, and they've been able to have guys be able to facilitate out for that. The thing that makes me most concerned is just this back and forth between, you know, we could have Austin Rivers explode for one night, and then, you know, in terms of the minutes that he gets, I'm never going to be worried when Austin Rivers is on the floor. I know that he's a bucket. It's just a matter of him meshing with the other two guys that are on the floor as well yeah. and then being able to have it to flow. So that's just something that's caught my attention. And I think they're going to find a way to fix it. Tibbs is a great coach. You know, we know his pedigree. Uh, but even dating back to his teams in Chicago, it wasn't like they were the, you know, offensive juggernauts of the league. They made defense their offense. So that's just something that we can keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Macri, how about you, man? I, I don't think the answer is on the roster right now. Mm -hmm. I, I think because it's such a delicate balance because, like, okay, so one thing that's obvious is get more shooting on the floor by staggering minutes, right? So trying to trying to mix and match a little bit more, yeah. have moments where, you know, right now he's kind of – traditionally like sticking to like here's my first five here's my second five we've seen him divert from that a little bit recently um at the end of uh oh goodness a couple games ago where he kind of oh when when rj sat on the bench for much in the portland game that's what that's what it was mm -hmm. um where he had quickly rivers and i think it was burks out there in, in an attempt to come back um but at the same time the consistency i think is part of the reason why they've been so good at on the defensive end right because guys are really getting used to playing each other. And David could speak more to that than me. I, I have to think that the consistency of the playing time maybe has something to do with that. Maybe not. Um, but, like, as much as I just said everything, like, you have to be happy with the start and, like, whatever Tibbs is doing. Tibbs knows Alfred Payton is not helping him win basketball games. Yeah. Like, he's not stupid. 
Um, he's the worst starting point guard, and this is not a slight against him because he shouldn't be a starting point guard. That's a fact. In the That's league today, he's a true right. backup point guard. Nothing wrong. He is with a backup it. point Nothing guard. He could be a good. He could be a good backup point yeah. guard in, in in some other situation, just not in this one with the limitations of the other four guys. I think he is the best option that they have because I I I don't think quickly is ready to step into a starting role quite yet. Maybe he gets there at some point. In any case, um, I think there's a move to be made. I don't know what that move is. Um, to get someone in that spot who is, you know, because it's like, you know, he get, he gets to the lane a lot. He gets all of his shots at the rim. But if you're not converting those at a commensurate rate, <laughs> you know, it's like it, it really. And, and the other thing, the last thing I'll say quickly on Peyton. Oh, I just realized what I did there. Um, <laughs> it, is, it's, hard, um, it's hard to well done, not well say well quickly. Well it is. It it's hard is. to not well say quickly. On okay. these on these drives that he's he's missing these little three and four and five and six footers that lead to these three and nines and four and twelve four for twelves every night. Yeah. Um. He's not looking to pass on those yeah. as yeah. much as yeah. he should be. Like we could all see it. There are passes to be made that are not being made, and I think that's because the dude's in his own head a little bit. He knows what's like. He's on. You know, these guys hear this stuff. So. Yeah. That's my cop out answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree, man, and um, and that and that's why I I would rather see quickly out there struggle with the first unit more than see Peyton. And I understand Tibbs's you know um, situation and, and how he kind of wants to bring him along slowly and and you know in certain situations where he can't succeed. And I think that that's what's led to quickly's um, start is is being in, put in, in those positions. You know, conversely, you see him out there. You know, Conley schooled him twice now. Uh, the, the magic game when, when, when Clifford made his adjustments and put bigger guards on him and pressured the ball, he, Tibbs adjusted and, and put Peyton back in, and, and that turned out to be the right move. So I see him trying to really you know put quickly in the right situations to help the team succeed. I, I would just rather see him out there you know with the first unit, with Randall, with RJ, and, and getting things going. But CK, what, what's your thoughts on that? Man, and it's crazy for once, I, there's, I, I, there's no – response that has to do with defense isn't that crazy we're talking about a team like we, we, we we've had our shooting problems like that's been yeah. a consistent thing for us but I, I there's nothing to point at with the defense so unfortunately I gotta go along with what you know David and uh J-Mac were saying like it, it is definitely around the office but specifically for me the thing that really irritates me because I saw us do it really well at some part of this regular season not just the preseason is the ball movement I, I feel like this team just plays so much better when the ball is moving around and uh, to the, to the end of uh, what, you know, Macri said, like Alfred Payton gets it. I don't know if he's just in his head or just because, you know, the team is probably just trying to get the, the players to, to shoot more, keep shooting, keep shooting up or keep shooting, keep shooting that there's times where one of his biggest strengths is his game, which is, has always been moving the ball. Now it's like, Suffered, yeah, yeah it, it, you're not seeing that part of his game anymore. It's just really, you know, confusing um on, on that same and I'm not not he's been a big part of it we know that but it's not only him there's been a lot of instances where the ball is sticking to like we were mentioning earlier like as great as Austin Rivers has been you know he's gonna go out there he's gonna give you a bucket but sometimes you feel like when he's out there then the offense just stands still yeah. you know let Austin Rivers do what he has to do so for me so I, I've always been a big fan of, of ball movement and it was really nice to see that happen with us Julius Rand, I feel like that was one of the biggest um changes to his game this year was you know and even mentioned it It was mentioned many times earlier on the season is just trusting your teammates and I feel like with a team like this where you know 
Julius Randle and RJ Barrett have been doing great, but we don't really have that guy where you give him give him the ball, you know you're going to get an instant bucket. We don't have that guy right now. So the best case scenario is, you know, pick and roll is moving the basketball. And that's just something I wish we could see a little bit more with a guy like Mitchell Robinson, who is staying in games now. We don't really run many pick and rolls with him, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. Not a lot of guy from Mob for Mitch. Exactly. We have not seen much of it at all uh, yeah. this year. So, yeah, I think that's been one of the biggest uh, things to me this year that's just really refreshing. And also the lack of transition. I, uh, the, uh, what game? It was the uh, – was it the Brooklyn game? I can't remember. It was, uh, I can't, it was a Wednesday night game. But l- there was a, a three-minute span where we got three stops, but our transition <laughs> – this Julius yeah. Randle cut to the basket, threw the ball over his head, and it was a turnover. There was one time where we had a transition where Alfred Payne went to the hoop and instead of going for the lip, decided to pass back to R.J. Barrett. Luckily, we didn't turn over the ball, but we lost. it. transition game is another thing that really bothers me. But, you know, like I said, all comes at the ball movement for me. And I agree with uh, Macri. I just think that the answer to that question I don't think is on Probably this team. Not right now yeah and that's pro- probably not man and salute to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for your boys cp ck2k david xenon jonathan macris nick's film school this is the Knicks quarter season report um let's go to david obi you know you you know obi quite well you you've worked with him mm-hmm. came in number eight pick had a little bit of a setback with the calf injury we haven't really seen him get activated Randall's prowess now, you know, puts Obi's playing time sort of in jeopardy. But um, let's talk about what we've seen on Obi on the court so far. What, what have you seen? What's been your reaction to, to how Obi's been playing so far? Well, I've never trained Obi. I've known Obi uh, prior to, you know, the blow up with him and Dayton. And uh, he's from Westchester, you know, now in four stand up. Uh, but Obi is. One of those guys, I was ex- I was excited for him to be here. I love the fact that he's an elite rim runner. I mean, he's a great athlete. He's great passing out of the double teams. I was a little bit concerned with the adjustment to the league and the speed because as talented and as athletic as he is, you're still coming up from a league in the A-10 where you're not going to see the same caliber that you're going to see in the post every night that you're going to see in the league. It's not a knock on him. He's going to be fine, fans relax, Obi's going to be good. The, the the most important thing about him is that he's, as I said, the knock on him coming in, a lot of fans said the issue was the fact that he's 22, you know, like he's older and blah, 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 blah. He still physically is, you know, upper echelon in terms of athlete. So you're going to get a guy that's a great rim runner. You're going to get a guy that's able to pass out of double teams, and he's going to learn. And once he's able to adjust to the game and he gets his shot right, I compared him to an, uh, you know, to an Amari Stoudemire in terms of his frame and also his game because it's going to fit with that in terms of pick and roll and then eventually pick and pop once that jump shot comes into play. So I'm not worried about him. Uh, defensively, of course, all rookies are going to have moments where yeah. they're deer in the headlights and it happens. And, you know, he had the issue with the calf, and we haven't seen enough from him so far to be like, he has issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you think you think well, the lack of training camp may have hurt him? I mean, it, lack of training camp is always gonna. When you have lack of reps, it's always gonna yeah. be some sort of hindrance at some some point or another. But by the same token, as I said, twenty two, he is a cerebral player. He's able to pick it up. His basketball acumen is pretty high. So for him, it's just a matter of getting back into you know the whole rhythm, the reps, and. I think his calf is fine based off the video we saw in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, 
They, they, <laughs> you know, so I think physically he's going to be fine. Mentally, all that stuff is going to click. It's just going to take, you know, it's going to take a while for now. But I'm happy with him, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think we do have to be patient with him. But I, I think, you know, I like the way he's out there. Just overall how he fits within the flow of the offense. I, I like his overall ov- offensive awareness. You know, his acumen, as he said. The passing ability it was definitely been on display at certain times. Um, posting up, you know, obviously is, does, doesn't seem like that's his strong suit. And, and it certainly wasn't at Dayton much either. And, and in the league, it, it hasn't really bode well for him. So, I think we just need that point guard to get him activated, man. I think we really need that point guard to get him activated in the pick and roll, pick and pop situations. Um, yeah, we'll see how. It I mean, goes I'm not comparing him to this guy that I'm about to mention, but yeah. Blake Griffin coming into the league wasn't this, you know, guy that's going to spread the floor and yeah. you know be this big playmaker. We knew him as a dunker. We knew him as this explosive player in the paint, and you know he's not back to the basket as much as Blake was. But Blake came in with having a CP3, a guy that's going to feed him with a role and a guy that's able to. So, yes, the point guard position is vital for Obi's development. I think quickly and then if we're able to have some sort of other point guard that's able to fill in and help Obi uh, understand the role and, and things of that nature, that's when his game is really going to blossom. CK on, on to you, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm not worried about him at all, to be completely honest. Uh, I know that, you know, like I've been saying throughout the entire time, the minute something does not go right, people are jumping on him. I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about him at all. Um, at first, I was thinking, you know, the cap was a little bit more serious because he didn't look like he was doing a lot of those things that you mentioned. You know, he wasn't looking to uh, go inside at all or do anything. But I feel like there was, looking back at a lot of these games, there were times where he was cutting and he was doing what Obi Toppin does. He just was being missed. So I feel like, it comes back to yeah a lot a lot of the point guard play. I mean, him and quickly was a lot of fun to watch. We saw the highlight dunks in um, the Boston game and stuff yeah. like that. You know, and, and that's just more to his strength. He is a, a guy that's just all over the court, and he's really really smart um, at doing that. You know, we, but we just don't have the personnel to get him to his spots. Like we, have, he's I've yet to see him do a pick and pop. If, if he's been shooting the ball, I get the shots not falling, but that's fine. Rookie, I, I'm you know it, it'll come. I'm not really too, too entirely. Um, Concerned, but at the same time, yeah, it would not be. It would be nice to see him do some pick and pops, hell, see pick and rolls. But at the same time, uh, the personnel to pair up with them, I I just like I said, I think the same thing that I've said for the starters goes for him. I just think it's just not there right now. So you know, his time will come. But I'm not. I'm not worried about him at all. Not even the slightest. And Mac, how about you, man? I mean, he's played 112 NBA minutes, and zero of them have been. Uh, in the situation he was at Dayton, which is uh, as the lone, like, Big. Sur- surrounded by four shooters. Yeah, yeah. Right? We still have yet to see him as the, the lone big surrounded, you know, sp- spaced out. Um, that's where he's going to be most dangerous. Uh, I completely agree with what David said. I think a point guard would do wonders for him. Not to say that Emmanuel quickly is not good, but he's yeah. learning the position. Yeah, Maybe he's a rookie. Yeah, yeah. He's learning the position at this level. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, but I just, just let me see that dude in space, um, just a little bit, um, being able to roll down the lane unabated. Like, that's why you draft that guy eighth. I mean, Amari Stoudemire made, what, five first team All-NBA selection or five All-NBA whatever as a finisher. Like, he wasn't creating offense. Like, he wasn't backing. <laughs> with Steve Nash. Yeah, you know, it's Point like, guard, man. 
And that's an inc- if you have a guy that could finish at that level, that's an incredibly valuable thing to have. Yeah. And it, and for, again, from what we've seen so far, it's not like the finishing is going to be a problem if he gets an opportunity. Um, but we just have to make sure he gets the opportunity. And that's you know, and that's a team building question for Leon Rose. And it gets into some maybe some dicier issues moving forward. But um, yeah, I echo everybody else said. I you know, I'm I'm, I'm not worried. Gonna gonna be interesting to see, man, because with with Randall stepping his game up, I don't know how they move on uh, in the future with these two, man. I really don't. I, I really don't know how they manage this thing, man. You know, I you know people say you know talent is a good problem to have, but I don't know that Leon Leon's gonna have his hands full with that one. I think there's a way though, because like. J- Julius Randle's a really smart offensive basketball player, right? Yeah. Like, and David was saying before, Obi's a really smart. He's a cerebral player. Very. Like, you, you you can see that. So, and and you know, it's not like Randall. Man, it's crazy to say, but he's getting to the point where teams may at some point in the next couple of years have to respect him a little bit on the perimeter. Hmm. Like, that's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and and if Obi can also be a guy that teams have to respect, and again, you. You, we we get so boxed in sometimes when we talk about this stuff in terms of like well you know how, how are you going to build around these two guys like there's 48 minutes in a game and really you know if you're you're talking about okay let's try to get Ob how many minutes at at, at center right surrounded by shooters mm-hmm. 15 minutes is that a good amount like there's ways to make it work it's just you know it's tough to work yeah, yeah. NBA <laughs> positionless basketball now man you know so. Right. There are ways to make it work, and just like what John was saying, surround them with shooters, and they can play off of each other eventually. You know, that's not something where I'm too concerned about it, you know. Yeah. You're, you're talking about a lightning-thunder situation, you know, high-low maybe even, where, as John was mentioning, you know, guys are going to have to respect Randall's ability to shoot from the perimeter. If Obi's able to have a semblance of a perimeter game, why not? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's something where – it's a good problem to have. I'd rather have that than to say <laughs> one of these guys are really bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, exactly. It's, it's something – I think it's something yeah. you can build off of. True, true story, man. Salute to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Uh, salute the Shells, Bricks Nation, Robert Paris. How you feeling? Gotham in here. How's everybody doing in the chat? Um, speaking of bigs, let's talk about Mitch, man. Monster Mitch, the block nest monster, the anchor of this defense. Um, a guy that you could point to when you talk about player development, especially on the defensive end under Tibbs. You could talk about that with Mitch. Um, certainly improved on his defensive rebounding, averaging eight eight, eight defensive boards this year. Uh, wasn't you know too great at it last year. I think Mitch has definitely upped his game there. Um, now after this this game against Utah, you know he came out with the, the tweet that was deleted and. You know, a lot of a lot of Gen Z energy, Macri, if you, if you will. You know what I mean? A lot, a lot of that, you know, in their feelings type of energy. But people are now alluding to the fact that, or, or assuming that, you know, he's he's unhappy with his role in the offense or wants to have more opportunity. I don't know. What what do you read into the whole Mitch situation? Uh, I, I think he's a. I, I don't know. He's a teenager. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's a, like, I, I teach 13-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah. I know how they act. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, that doesn't make him a bad guy. Right. That doesn't yeah. make him a locker room cancer. That makes him a immature, you know, person that sent out a tweet. Like, we've all done it. We're older than him, you know, yeah. at, when you're not happy with something. Um I just, for me, the questions about Mitch have more to do with the the last discussion we were having about the long term fit on the team and like how do you build this thing. Um, but I just, uh, you know, on the court, um, I, I I've been incredibly impressed with him this year uh, on defense. I think they're really asking him to do a lot in the pick and roll, um, in, in it just because of how how they're guarding it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he hasn't been perfect, but it's really hard to be perfect. Um, when you when you have that kind of responsibility, and like is he Gobert? No, he's not Gobert. He's probably never going to be Gobert. But right. can he can he be as uh, you know a, a top five defensive center? I think what we've seen from him this year leads me to believe that that he can. But just you know from a team building perspective, it, it's tough to have. I think a, a guy if you're again with Julius and with Obi and with Mitch basically competing for three spots yeah. and, and two of those guys are going to be a big part of your offense. Like, what do you pay a guy like Mitch who yeah. maybe in the playoffs is only going to wind up playing 20 right. minutes a game in some playoff series, depending on matchups and whatnot, or 25 minutes a game. And I, you know, I don't know. That's a question for his agent. Um, whichever yeah. one, it, whoever it, it is, right it, might, it might be me by the time he comes around, man. It might be me. Man. Listen, at some point he's going to run out of like that. That that blue book is only so is only so many names deep. It, it might be me, representative, man. But you know, CK, um, as Macri said, you know, defensively, you've seen the improvements there. Hasn't fouled out at all this year. Hasn't hasn't hit more than four fouls this year. Um, playing a lot more disciplined basketball, durable. It, you know what I mean? The blocks are down, but, again, playing a lot more discipline and impacting the game, altering shots, things of that nature. And, and he's been tested. He's been tested early, man. He's seen Gobert twice. He's seen Drummond, like, they play the Cavs almost every other day, it seems like. Man. You know, he, he's seen um, Sabonis a couple of times. So I think it's, it's good experience for Mitch. And um, I think, like I said, he, he's definitely been an anchor of this defense, man. What, what's been your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's much to say about the defense except for, like Mac just mentioned, the pick and roll. He's, he's, he's trying. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's learning it. He's figuring it out. That's probably been the weakest point of his defense. But they're asking for a lot. because So he's doing the best that he can with that. Um, but my thing has always been, and it, it probably connects to everything we've mentioned already so far, but 
I just want to see him more involved in the offense. It's just so upsetting. I'm not, and I'm not before we go on. I'm not saying I want him to be shooting threes, and yeah. just, I'm not. I'm not on I'm that. Not really I'm not sure over that's there. Even I'm not. That's what I'm. Yeah, I've mailed that in. I'm not there. But at the same time, I I, I feel like he and he does a good job with it. It plays uh, hand in hand with his high uh, field goal percentage, but. I feel like the only time Mitch scores is if it's off of garbage points or the occasional two assists that come off of uh, R.J. Barrett from time to time. But I feel like there's so many opportunities that we're missing out on. I, we don't run the pick and roll with him too often. I mean, we don't run the pick and roll too often at all. I like to see um, those two, uh, you know, getting yeah. that guy from up a lot. Agreed. I would a love lot. it. It would be great. And we've seen it a, a few times with a few times that Emmanuel Quickly is on the floor with them. You know, I, I, I feel like that's just such a lost thing that we're not really taking advantage of, especially with – the way that uh, the defense has been playing on us sometimes, I feel like it's something that we could be taking advantage of against some of these teams. Um, and I, that might not necessarily be his fault, but of anything to point out with Mitch Robinson, that's just the one thing I missed. Like, like you mentioned, like the Gotham lob has been, uh, it's been on standby this entire season. I think we have probably a handful of lobs for the entire season. We're what about 19 games in about to be 20. So th- th- I think that's the one thing that I would love to see more of. Not, not no post-ups and stuff. I think we can all agree that's just not his game. Yeah, you know, that's not, not who not. he is. But there's still a lot of things that he can do, and I, he's shown that he can do. Now that he's staying on the court, I just want to see him do a little bit more offensively. But, again, is that him? Is that coaching? Is that point guard play? There's a lot of, a lot of questions there that I don't know if we even have the answers for that one. Yeah, uh, David, what's been your, uh, been your assessment of Mitch, Mitch's play uh, on, on the court this, this season? I mean, Mitch has been working hard. You know, he worked hard in the off season. Um, you know, obviously talking to him and you know, seeing the work that he's been putting. It's it's interesting to see. You know, he's been so disciplined on the defensive end, and that was one of those things where we. It's it's crazy to see he hasn't played basketball for that long. You know what I mean? Like he's right. he's so pretty raw, and he's just you know great with his athletic ability and whatnot. So. In terms of his role in the offense expanding, yeah, I think that's just one of those things where it's situational. You know, coaching is going to put him in a certain situation where it's going to benefit the team. And just like, you know, Tibbs mentioned, and I could attest to this too, you know, he's coming early, he stays late, he works hard at his game. But right now at this point in time, there's a certain role that Tibbs has him in, and he's just going to fit into that role. And, you know, and everything else – the stuff that he's worked on in terms of the jump shot and the offensive game, and it will come when the time is appropriate. But as of right now, this is something where Tibbs is going to focus on how are we going to help the team win first and his role as a guy that's a pick-and-roll player, and he's able to finish around the rim. He's, as we said, a great athlete, but he's still raw. So we have to keep that in mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, yep, year three is the year where you're going to make that jump. I wholeheartedly believe that he will. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope, I, and I hope it's with the Knicks. You know, I hope they, uh, you know, end up coming to a deal with them. Um, I think it's about two years away, Macri. Well, I, they, I think they have so, a team option, right? How, how does, yeah, that's how what makes it interesting. Like? If they want to make him a restricted free agent, which is like uh, this is what happens with second-round picks, and we saw with uh, the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic a few years ago. If they want to make him restricted, they decline the fourth-year option uh, this summer, and then they have his restricted rights, so they could match any offer. Mm-hmm. Um, or – they um, pick up his fourth-year option, and he plays for them next year for $1.8 million, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent and he enters the market in 2022. Um, you know, you still have his bird rights, so you could still you still go above the cap to sign him. You can, you can give him the fifth year. Like, there's still advantages that come with that. 
Um, but I, you know, I, it, it, the, his contract situation, I think, will depend on some other dominoes. Um, like, what, what, what do they, what do they think they have a chance at this summer, next yeah. summer? Like these, all these things, all these things work together. True, true story, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Let's get those likes up. We got almost 800 people watching on YouTube right now. Let's get those likes up like Reddit did the stock market. Send this thing through the roof so that they got to change the rules. You know what I'm saying, fellas? Let's get those likes up. We got a quarter season report going on. CP, David Zidon, CK2K, Jonathan Macri in here. And, uh, yeah, man, Reddit had the stock market in a frenzy, man. They had to change the rules on them, man. Sheesh. You know, and yeah, if anybody, any of you guys benefited from GameStop, man, throw a super chat in here, cash out, right. hashtag Knicks fan TV, anything, man, you know? At least I, you I, can do it. I'll, yeah, man. I'll take an SNES cartridge <laughs> if <laughs> anybody has that. You can mail that to my house. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. So uh, I see a couple people on the phones. We're going to get to you guys in a second, but, um, you know, this has definitely been a, a good roundtable discussion. I guess the, the, the next question is what's next, right? Um, this team is currently sitting in 8th, 8-11. and 11. Um, Had some quality wins. We're seeing progress. We're seeing guys shining. What's next? You know, th- does this kind of change the direction or change the strategy of this team? You know, are they going to talk trades? You know, Bradley Beal now is, is, is the topic of conversation these last couple of days. Uh, I don't know, man. I I hate these fantasy trades, man. But you know, the people want us to talk about Beal. Um, Macri, go ahead, man. What, what's your take on this Bradley Beal fiasco, man? Here's the thing. Um, when you when you're making a trade in the NBA nowadays for a player of Bradley Beal's caliber, you give up so much draft equity. It's like it's, there's yeah. not a question. It's yeah. you're going to give up draft equity. I don't know if it's going to be two picks and two swaps or whatever. It, like it's it's a lot. <clears throat> so when you have that level of downside risk, and it doesn't matter who what team you are, what franchise, what's your, like there's downside risk to that, right? You have to have the commensurate ceiling, right? Which is why we see the teams like the Bucks, like the Lakers, like the Nets who have executed superstar trades in the last several years. Like, their ceiling is we could win the whole thing. Right. Because that has to be the ceiling if you're going to give up the draft equity, not to mention possibly the young players that the Knicks would have to give up. So um, that ceiling does not exist for the Knicks right now. And there is no other move. Like, unless, you know, somebody knows something about Kawhi Leonard. Like, I don't know. Does he he want to trade out like I don't know what do they have in uh, like uh, street tacos right uh, taco carts <laughs> yeah. do you want to trade those well, for street meat yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean halal, halal listen I, I would I would CK go cross though. country CK for halal for halal food I love halal food I don't know if Kawhi Leonard wants to do that so unless unless he's coming there is no move that you're making you know in in the near future um that you could accompany with a Bradley Beal trade that I think is going to put them at that level, which means you're exposing yourself to really significant risk without giving yourself a real opportunity yeah. to capitalize fully. Yeah. Uh, does it mean it's necessarily the wrong move? No, but it, ugh, with what it's going to cost to get that dude, my yeah. goodness. And, and that's why, for me, I don't take that risk, man, because it's like, what are you doing after that? You know, what are you doing after you sell the whole house from Bradley Beal? Because as you said, Macri, number one, 
I don't think they have a play on this roster that, you know, if, if Philly wanted to give up Ben Simmons, it would be that type, you know, that type of move. We don't have that caliber guy. Yeah, Julius is getting there, but when you don't have those ready-made, established, you know, star-for-star star trade, you got to give up the house in terms of young players and draft capital and all of that. And then it's like, once you get him here, what do you have left? What are you what are you building with next, right? He's sulking in D.C. He's got Westbrook, you know. <laughs> what is he going to do here after you give up the whole house to get him? And then you got to figure out what you're going to build with him after that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a hardened situation all over again for me. And like Macri said, unless World Wide West is in the back room talking to Kawhi, you know, right. saying this is the next domino to fall if we get this, to me, I'm, I'm on the outside, man. I, I say no to this. Listen, I love Bradley Beal. To me, he's super talented. I think he's underappreciated in this league. 35 points a game? Wait, is he 35 points a game? Should have made the All-NBA team last year. Oh that was criminal that, that, that he did uh, not. Criminal. Yeah. Criminal, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm out on it. Listen, I respect his talent, but we're, we're just not there. We're just it's, not there. Yeah. We're just not there. We got to continue to build the, the, the infrastructure, and then uh, you make those moves when you're ready to take that leap to, to go over the hill. Um, David, what's, what's your take on it? I just build from the ground up. I, I know it's enticing. We want to – trade for a guy like that, but then when you give up a lot of the assets and all the things that have been able to be put in place, then just like we've been mentioning before, what are we left with after we make this trade? Or what are we, what are they left with after they make that trade? I, I wholeheartedly trust what Leon Rose is doing and the rest of the front office. I mean, it, it is a smart front office. Mm -hmm. And just like I've tweeted before and, you know, I was excited about Leon and then I was excited about Walt Perrin and then Wes. And I'm like, this is a competent group. It's not like we're over here hoping, oh, you know, something's going to fall into our laps and, like, you know, they're going to make up all these, you know, crazy trades yeah. or free agent rumors or whatever. But bottom line is we finally have a young group that's talented that we could build up. I mean, I don't, you know, I understand patience <laughs> has been yeah. worn beyond It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> but this is actually a very good group and just – if we really focus on player development, we're able to focus on those little things, we could build up from the ground up. Yeah, and CK, I agree with that, man. We we have a new regime, and I, and I do think this is still going to be an aggressive rebuild, but I don't think as soon as they get here, they're just going to toss everything out at, for this type of trade. I, I just don't see it, man. What, what's your take? Yeah, that's not the way to go. That, that, that it's just as simple as that. They both, uh, J Mac and David, hit the nail on the head. Like this, it, it's great. You know, it'd be cool. And you know, we 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 we're seeing that this front office is getting mad aggressive. Look at IQ. How we got IQ. The the journey of how he became a, a Nick. You know, they're mad aggressive, but at the same time, they're also very smart. And as enticing as this was, we survived Russell Westbrook. And I think we're going to survive this Bradley Beal, you know, enticement. It's just not going to happen, and it wouldn't make sense for it to happen because he comes here, and it's just going to be the New York Wizards. It's going to be the New York Wizards. If you look West at who Bradley Beal is playing with, like, I'm looking at uh, Isaac Bonga. I'm looking at uh, Chris Matt. Like, I'm looking at the guys he's playing with, and unfortunately, then he's going to be playing with similar guys because the only guy surviving will be Ignis Brasdick who will get his minutes, so yeah. some fans will be excited about might that. Say, hey, Frank might still be might here. be the starting point Him guard. and Frank like, might be in the backcourt running and gunning, so, man. That might be Frank's window. <laughs> that might Imagine be the time, that. But, yeah, Imagine that. that. 
and then we're watching the Wizards get our first overall pick with the Knicks pick. It's just like we don't yeah. want to go through that. We don't want to go through that. So as exciting as it would be, we I, I'm 100% with David on this. Just build yeah. from the ground up. This is not the move. If there is a move to be made, this one is the one we say, sorry, but not right now. This, this ain't the one. This is yeah. not the one. CP, you mentioned the the whole Reddit thing before. Like, how do you how do you work the stock market? You you buy low and you sell high. Yeah. Think about mm-hmm. the think about the the it's it's a it's a you know a curt way to look at it. But if you think of all of the assets on this team and you compare their value right now to what it was before the season started, I would say other than maybe Obi Toppin. All of the valuations have gone up. RJ's valued higher. God knows Randall is valued higher. Mitch is valued higher. Knox, a little bit, but he's valued higher quickly. Mm -hmm. Valued Mm -hmm. way higher. Like, all of these guys have higher value. Even the guys they signed in the free agency. Burks, a little higher value. So, rather than look to cash out after, what has it been, 19 games? Um, Let's see maybe another, you know, month or so and see where the valuation could be then. uh, Or, God forbid, a whole year with this crew. Um, that said, it doesn't like you could be aggressive, but be aggressive where it's smart for you to be aggressive, right. where you're not giving up a lot, where you're where you're buying low. All right. For yeah. once, the Knicks never buy low. Yeah. But I think maybe that opportunity might be out there. Yeah, I, I agree. Time, man. Go ahead, David. Yeah, no, I'm saying the last time that I was on this show, I made mention of the fact that a lot of the fan, Frank fans were upset with me because I was mentioning mm-hmm. about trading him. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the fact that at that point in time, out of the pieces that we could have moved, we're not moving RJ, we're not moving Mitch, but we had an asset that at, at the time we can move and low, high, whatever. So just like John was mentioning, we have pieces now that all of their value have gone up. So it's not like it's a matter of you saying, well, we can afford to get rid of all these guys. We, we really can. I mean, this is actually a, a pretty yeah. solid core. So when you have a guy that's able to be traded out of the you know four real young players that we have, that's something where you could take a look at and say, okay, what could we get in return for him that we could help build up with the rest of this group, not just blow up the whole thing. So that's just something where you you have to keep that in mind. And as enticing as Beal is, I just gotta stay away. Yeah, from I, listen, him. I would love I him. I, I, I would love him, but we're, we're just not there yet, man. Unfortunately, we, we're just not there yet, man. So, and I think as far as you know, Lonzo's name has been thrown out there, Derrick Rose. So, I think they'll go to war with this group and let the chips fall where they may. I'm just not sure there's a trade out there that they would. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think there's a trade out there that they would try to make just to solidify? An eighth seed or better. I just think that that they might just go with what they have. What do, what do you think, Matt? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's about making a trade to go for the eighth seed. I think it's about taking advantage of the market. Um, and they are in the yeah. advantageous position of having seventeen million dollars in cap space, but nobody else yeah. has you know much to speak of. And I know there hasn't been a lot of reporting on it, but like the, the notion that there aren't owners out there who are looking to offload salary. Um, is crazy. I, I, like that has to be the case. Um, so I think they're gonna sit it out. I think they're just gonna wait. I think they're gonna be patient. Pass, yeah. And I think come uh, when we get to the trade line deadline, I don't know who it's gonna be. I'm not gonna pretend to sit here like I know. But I think there's gonna be a trade, and I think it's gonna involve them uh, to borrow uh, uh, 
something that Schwinn uh, from uh, Strickland wrote about in an article a few a few months ago, weaponizing their cap space, right, mm-hmm. um, and using it to their advantage because it's like teams are going to want to dump money. Um, in so it may not be the traditional way that we think of. It's like, oh, um, we'll give you this like take on our bad contract for a first round pick, but there will still be ways to utilize that cap space in a, in a positive fashion, I believe. Yeah, going to be interesting to see, man. Definitely going to be interesting to see. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP, Jonathan Macri, CK2K, and David Zenon in the building. I'm going to get to the phones in a second, but let me salute the Super Chat. Salute to Jay Breezy NY. He says, holy crap, Macri, CP, and CK on the same pod, plus a Xenon appearance. Absolute must watch. Bummed that I missed the first 50 minutes. Jay Breezy, appreciate it. Hey, you could always hit rewind, man. You could always hit rewind and, and uh, watch on demand, man. But definitely appreciate the shout-out. Michael Parker, number one fan of the show, says, The stock market has been very, very good to you, boy. <laughs> Salute, Knicks Nation. Salute to the panel. Hey, Michael, man, I'm glad somebody got to win, man. Somebody has right. to win in this thing. So I'm glad that it's you, bro. Uh, so definitely salute to you. And salute to Oscar DeLeon. He says, I'm trying to read Oscar's comment. Oscar says, I can't read Oscar's comment once. I'll, I'll get to your comment in a second, Oscar. I lost it, but definitely appreciate the super chat. Let me get to the phones. Uh, let's start with JJ from Brooklyn. JJ, how you feeling, bro? Yo, what up, bro? What's going on, fellas? Uh, a couple things real quick. Uh, that's a few positives so far. To me, definitely RJ, especially his last, what, seven, eight games. He's been really, really mm-hmm. efficient. The only thing that's bothering me is he's not getting the touches in the second half the last four or so games. I don't know why. Well, I do know why, but he's got to get more touches, you know, in the second half of these games. And uh, definitely, quickly, obviously, he was looking like a steal. One thing I want to ask all you guys is once teams start taking away that floater, like Conley, he was all over and playing him really tight. What do you think that his next step should be once they start taking that away? And then – um. Another positive, obviously, Randall, the spinning to double and triple teams is gone. Defensively, he's been great. He's sharing the ball. I still think I would debate selling high on Randall, especially because Obi's just not going to get the minutes. So like, the only thing you could do is just go small and take Mitch out at certain times. And I got to say, a couple of negatives, in my opinion, I know some people may disagree, mm-hmm. is Mitch and Knox. I was really hoping third year, Knox, you know, at this point, third year, he's only a Knox. Pretty much just a corner three-point shooter. You know, he really has no creativity. He doesn't finish at the hoop. You know, I was just hoping he would show a little more. And then Mitch, I just he always gets beat up by the big centers. You know, the strong centers. You got Drummond tomorrow, who's probably going to dominate him again. I was just, you know, I was hoping to see a little more offense. I know you see the Instagram videos, and he's complaining about not getting touches, but. His free throws last year, his free throws looked pretty solid. This year, it's like he doesn't want to be at the line. There's yeah. no confidence. So I'm just not sure he has the offense that he thinks he has. And then, uh, but you still, you can't complain too much just because, you know, we're 8 and 11. We had a rough schedule. I know uh, the remaining first half of the schedule, I don't think they came out with the second half of the schedules yet, but I know we have, uh, according to each team's schedule, we have the easiest schedule of the remaining first half of the schedule. So. You know, we can't complain the way we're playing. You, you hope Dallas keeps losing. Maybe somehow that's a lottery pick. That would be beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. So, burn, so, baby, yeah, burn. That's pretty I love much it. it. Appreciate it. Son. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. All right, so J.J. had a lot to say there. He said, um, 
RJ not getting enough touches. Now, you know, Burks' return, I think, could impact that, especially in the lineups with with Julius and, uh, and Peyton. You know, because you, you have three guys that are a bit more high usage guys. Um, I hope, you know, I hope Tibbs sees, you know, sees that and, and makes that adjustment, man. Because I just like the way the offense moves when, when the ball's in RJ's hands. I mean, who wants to take that one? What do you guys think? Or, you know, CK, Macri, whoever wants to take that um, I It's not a, a worry for me personally because yeah, yeah. I feel like we – RJ is – I don't know how many shots he's putting up, like – yeah, is there a possession here or there where he doesn't touch the ball that he then he should? Sure, um, but I think the intentionality behind the offense at all times is pretty pretty pure. I think everybody is is looking to make the right play. They may not always make the right play, but I don't think at any point in time we're we're looking at an offense where it's like oh they're they're you know clearly going to this thing that they shouldn't be going to because the one thing that they go to a lot is Randall and it's to draw double teams. And when he draws double teams, he makes whatever the appropriate kick out passes. I don't think we've seen Randall force a lot of that. So mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. It's just me. It's not something I've, I've personally been worried about, but that's just me. Yeah. I, I think, I think they pointed to it more because of the jazz game. It's recency bias. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more yeah, because of the jazz game. You, you certainly yeah. saw more of that. Um, on the Mitch thing, look, you know, Mitch is his size is his size. You know, he's never going to be Shaq. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to come up. There's, I mean, there's very few guys like that. You know, Andre Drummond is one of the last, like, true, you know, you have Embiid, you have Drummond. You know, Gobert is kind of, you know, similar size to Mitch, but still kind of overpowers him a little bit. And, and Sabonis is Sabonis. But I think, um, you know, I'm sure Mitch is going to, you know, put on maybe a little bit more size. But... You know, I, I'm not sure there's much he can do in, the, in that regard. Yeah. David, what, what do you think? I mean, that pecking order has been put into place already. We know that RJ is one of the cornerstones of the franchise. And, you know, Randall's been the leading scorer and, and all that. So situationally, yes, there might be times where he might not touch the ball. And just like what you said, recent, you know, recency bias, it's kind of like, listen, if – if the last thing I could base the team off of is the last game I watched, then I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. he didn't touch the ball the last three minutes. How dare he? Listen, guys, it happens. It's just the way that teams are going to match up and they're going to play you. And they realize that RJ's a, I mean, RJ's a threat regardless. Walking into any game, any matchup they have, mm-hmm. teams are going to focus on him and Randall. So that's the first part. And then when Burke's coming back, you know, his aggressiveness could actually help open up the floor for RJ and Randall. So, you know, it's a catch-22 either way you're going to look at it. And then in terms of Mitch, yeah, he's not going to be a Shaq. He's not going to be, you know, one of these, you know, big bruising centers. He's, you know, he's got a great body. He's got broad shoulders, but he's filling into his body. We just talked about the fact that the kid just turned 20. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like the situation where you're, you're you're talking about a guy like Gobert who's been in the league for a while. Right. You know, he's got his grown man strength. He he understands how to work certain angles, things like that. Mitch is gonna learn that. Mitch is gonna still put on some size. You know, Anthony Davis at one point or another was pretty skinny coming yes. into the league as well. Facts, facts. And that boy has filled in and you know, A yeah. D worked with the same guy yeah. that Mitch works with down in uh, Louisiana, so Listen, it, it's going to come into play. It's, he's going to fill into his, you know, 
this grown man body, his old man strength, whatever you want to call it, he's going to get it. So that's something that's going to come into play later on. But yep. as for now, it's got to get bruised up a little bit, got to get banged yep. up a little bit and learn the game. But I'd rather him be on the floor and not have more than yeah. four fouls at some point during the yep. season than him just putting on a bunch of weight, losing his athleticism, and then still going back to the drawing board. So it is what it is at this point. And I do believe that even though it's not the way that some fans might want to see it, I, there there are changes. I mean, outside of just the, you know, the lack of the um, – basically being able to stay on the court compared to last year. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that he is doing so, so much better. Like, you know, people complained about his screen setting. He's doing such a better job at that. It's going to come. I, I think everything David just said is perfect. I, I'm not really worried about it. And with Alec Burks, he missed a lot of games. We forget how high his percentage was when he was here and mm-hmm. he was letting it fly. Mm-hmm. He was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And now he's coming back and he's trying to get back in the flow of things. And that's yeah. what you expect. RJ did what he had to do in 11 shots, 17 points. Like, he did what he had to do. The touches will come. It was just everybody – Getting back into the rotation, and yeah, I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to come, not going to complain because of just how the Utah game went. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Talking about a playoff team in Utah and guys that right, probably the hottest team in the league. Honestly. Oh, by far, the hottest team in the exactly. league. Exactly. No, no I mean, they're they're actually one of those teams that people have talked about. Like, if they're able to make that trade for Bill, I mean, you're talking yeah. about guys that they have a confident backcourt. They have a phenomenal backcourt. Golly, Donovan. Yeah. And uh, Conley, so it's like they when you look at the way that they're able to play teams defensively and yeah. then attack you offensively, we can't be upset with the outcome yeah. that we had out there in Utah. 100%. Yeah. Um, how, how about Kev? You know, Kev started the season off um, fairly hot from the three-point strike. We gave him a nickname. He was corner boy Kev, and, you know, he was yeah. coming in knocking it down. It was good to see. Obviously, we, we like the, the attentiveness on defense as compared to previous years. He's since cooled off. And um, I think what JJ was saying is we, we haven't really seen much intermediate, you know, in in in, in the in between. It's either three pointers or nothing, you know. Kind of when he putting when he's putting the ball on the floor, he's kind of looking a little uh, uncoordinated. The mid range hasn't really been there, hasn't really been able to finish strong at the rim as much as you like to. And um, you know, because Kes has that size and that length that you feel like he can certainly do it, uh, but it just hasn't been there this year. Um, David, what what's been your observations of Kev so far? Last year, you know, when we were on the show or when I was on the show, I mentioned the fact that, you know, there were a lot of things that were going on with him in terms of changing his mechanics, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, changing the shot, you know, not because he's afraid of the moment, but just because when you're trying to figure out something where you're going to be in that rhythm, uh, that's something that you're always going to go to as a shooter. And whether it's changing the shot pocket, changing your fingertips, whatever. Uh, Kev came out shooting – Phenomenal. Uh, you know, was looking super confident, and the motor wasn't the issue. You know, that was something where a lot of people were afraid of. Yeah. He's, you know, too laid back or his motor's off or whatever. He doesn't get these stops. So now I'm just wondering, like, where is it coming into play where he's kind of falling back into those habits that he had where he went into that, you know, slump last year? Mm-hmm. and. I don't see him going into, like, the abyss where that, you know, he did have a little bit of a streak during the year where it's just like we couldn't rely much on what Kevin was doing from the corner. He's going to get that confidence back. I think it's just a matter of, you know, what Johnny Bryant's going to be doing with them, is, you know, the guards and the wings, and, and then even have a little bit of Kenny Pan and the rest, and what's all these guys. Mm-hmm. They're able to have a different voice, and it's just like, 
what are we going to do now? The sky is falling. I'm not shooting. I'm not hitting my shots. Every shooter at some point or another has a slump. They'll break out of the slump. I think Kev's thing is just the confidence and then also the matchup. You know, you're talking about the fact that he didn't have a lot of mid-range shots. Teams aren't looking to necessarily run him off the three-point line to force him to put up those mid-range shots. They're forcing him off the line to be physical with him. This way he's just going to get rid of the ball. And I think that more and more times players are going to look to, you know, they're they're just going to look to get rid of the ball to keep the offense moving than to get rid of the ball to distribute, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? To Mm -hmm. kind of make the next play. So I think that's where Kevin is kind of in that little bit of a limbo. Where he's like, I'm in the corner, I'm situated, but I'm not making the play. Yeah, good good, good points, man. And I think – yeah, I was just going to add, and I don't want to repeat myself, but I really think it's the same thing that I just mentioned. I mean, we're having players coming back. So, you know, he was one of the guys that we had to rely on to be corner pocket Kev because we were missing a lot of offense, but now a lot of our offensive weapons are coming back. You know, I mean, we don't have Reggie Bullock right now, but we got guys like Austin Rivers that are going to get their shots. You know, uh, Alec Brooks is going to get his shots. And on top of that, we already know about Julius and RJ and those kind of guys. So, yeah, he's just you – know, I feel like, you know, a lot – comes to you know him doing what he was doing but now trying to fit into that offense with these other guys that are very dominant uh ball dominant guys i just feel like you know it's a lot of things that just so it's gonna have to sort itself out because we we keep forgetting we were not healthy for the majority of the season so far so now that we're starting to get bodies back people have to understand the role and and know how to fit into the the role that or fit into the minutes that they're getting and stuff like that so uh maybe that's an excuse but uh, that's how I see it as because, I mean, you went from shooting around like nine, seven, eight shots a game to only three, two, like in the last few games when we were getting uh, Burks and uh, Rivers back. So uh, I just feel like it's just a, a combination of everybody trying to figure out uh, how to play with each other for once because we're finally all becoming healthy again. Yeah, finally, finally getting the full strength, man. So to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. All right, let's run through some calls real quick. Let's go to uh, Omar from Brooklyn. Omar, how you feeling, man? Shout out to your boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is great to be talking to the legend, the man, the myth. I also want to give a shout out to the future Nick draft picks. My son, Khalil, and his brother, Yusuf, just born on Saturday. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Congratulations. Congratulations, man. Congratulations, bro. Thank you, my brothers. Thank you so much. And and, and thank you to all the uh, – it's great to be talking to the esteemed experts. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to ask you guys to put on the – what is it? Dion Warwick, uh, you know, Psychic Friends hotline, except for not being a scam. I want you to predict for me, all right, RJ, IQ, Mitchell Robinson. In five years, which of these players are we going to be talking about the most? Who is going to reach their potential? Love to get your reaction. That's a question. Appreciate the call, man. Who, who wants one. to start that one? Mac, you go ahead, bro. I what mean, take myself out of this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it's, I mean, it's got to be RJ Barrett. Yeah. yeah um, right? I think so. He's, yeah. um, I don't know. I'm like, gosh, I, I, I don't, I've run out of things already. It's We're 19 games in, I've run out of things to say about him because he's just, you know, he took all of the criticism and everything, and he just he threw it right back in everybody's face. True story. Um, there, there is, I actually, I, at this point, I struggle to see a world where he is not making a significant impact on NBA games. And that's, you know, irrespective of what parts of his game progressed 
specifically at, at a at a certain rate. It's like he the the dude is just is putting his impact on. He's figuring it out. He clearly puts in the work. Um, you know that said, don't sleep on quickly. I mean, if yeah. you could shoot, still a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie and he could shoot. Um, that's all there is to it. And he can handle the ball, sure. and he could, and he could draw fouls. Like he does some really good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, no, RJ would be my my answer. GK, how about you, man? Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be across the board. Yeah, yeah I mean, on, it's dude. just it's just crazy to, and and that, that's no slight to Mitch and, and uh, IQ. It's just like everything J Mac just said. Like, I, it would be very hard for me not to see five in five years time RJ Barrett not becoming even better than what he is right now at the age of twenty years old. Like making some sort of impact on the court. Like, yeah, he'll definitely be somebody that we would be talking about still for sure of the list of names. But again. Like he's still a rookie, so you know maybe there is that next jump. It's too early to tell, but if, if I'm calling it right now, I gotta go with RJ Barrett. I got to. David, let's 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 pump the brakes real quick, okay? First, we gotta see how RJ does in the G League, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll. <laughs> no, that's great. That's good. I'm kidding. Uh, RJ, man. Uh, Goodness, you're putting me in some spot. RJ and uh, Mitch, are, I mean, RJ's the guy that's going to be having the ball in his hand most of the time, though. Yeah. So, you know, right. when you're talking about a guy 6'7", he's got a great frame, and he's going to grow even more. And he's going to, in terms of physically and mentally, RJ Barrett's a special player. And, you know, I've been beating that drum since the days of Duke, and I'm like, fans, please, the kid's going to be worth the third overall pick. You guys are going to like him for a long time to come. So, yeah, RJ, man, I'm just – yeah, I'm excited for him. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's RJ as well. Only 20 years old, and, and what he's doing so far, I, I think, like I said, taking the next step in his sophomore year has been um, really impressive. Strong as hell right now, only going to get stronger, you know, and, and once he knows, like, who he can muscle and, and how he gets to his spots, I think he's going to be even more dangerous. If he can continue his prowess, you know, and, and get better from the free throw line, uh, I think he, he's going to be just fine. As a playmaker, I think he's going to step his game up as well. I think IQ IQ has definitely surprised me for sure. Uh, we're still not sure if, if, if that's our guys. Is that our guys that our point guard of the future? Who knows what they do in this upcoming draft? Maybe IQ's role is, is better as, as, you know, off the bench, you know, as, as an instant offense kind of guy or just a backup point guard, which will still help this team. I mean, I think based on what we've seen so far, IQ definitely has a role here for the future. So I think it comes down to two, those two guys. But RJ is definitely the one that I'm going to go with um, right now. But Omar, salute to you. Congratulations. Salute to yeah, Omar man, for the right. Dion Warwick reference for some of us old heads in this chat, man. A lot, a lot of you youngins didn't I, know about that one. That, I that appreciated went over your that. Head. That was good. Yeah, that one was Got good. Got that one too. <laughs> salute to Dion Warwick at that, man, for sure. Um, what's Dave telling me right now? Oh, he's <clears> telling <throat> me that our guy is in the building. And we got to go right to him. It's Jay Boogie from North Carolina. Jay Boogie's in the building. What's going on, bro? Takes him a little while to, you know. Peace and love to everybody on the board. Appreciate y'all this night. But first things first, I got to start off and tell y'all, if nobody's been telling y'all, because y'all visited, continue on staying safe and healthy. Continue on washing your hands. Continue on protecting your family because that thing is still out there. Awesome. CK2K, it's good to see you aboard, man, because I'll be supporting your show during the daytime, man. And I figured if it ain't a Nick game, you might be resting. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's good to see you, man. But I got a couple of questions, man. But before I do that, I am the promoter of Give That Boy Them Keys. I'm talking about quick. I promote good. Give Him Them Keys. But I'm going to give y'all the reason why I say Give Him Them Keys. And so everybody get my understanding why I say that. I say Give Him Them Keys because ain't but three Peytons ever did anything in their life. Rest in peace to Walter, <laughs> Gary Payton. And Peyton Manning. Get that Peyton we got on that nickname out the way. That's the only reason why I walk quickly in the starting lineup. I do know he is a 10-year brand-new Lou Williams. We do not have our point guard yet. I do know he is a Lou Williams, and I'm glad to have him. I got two quick questions. One going to Jay Mack. Jay Mack, how long do you think – It'll be before RJ realized this is his team. He is the face before he started taking full control of the team and, and allowing them to follow his lead at times. Because sometimes he'll go and play and won't even say nothing to nobody. And mm-hmm. most, you know, face value players of their team, they do speak out amongst the team. I do know he is the leader of our team, even though Julius is doing what he's doing. Julius is not guaranteed to be there. And the other question go to Dave, you're a trainer. I think that's the gym tip behind you. If that is, man, salute you, man. You're putting in work right there when ain't no work going on. I salute you, man. But quick question to you is how long does it take for you to realize a person's weakness? And if you're training him, when he starts training with you, how much do you take away of his strong points so you can develop his weakness? Peace to the panel, CP. Have a good night. I'll see y'all Friday, and I'll listen to y'all answers. Yes, sir. Salute to my guy, Jay Boogie, man. Always a five-star call. Throw a five in the chat for Jay Boogie right now. Um, I'm honored. I'm honored that I got asked a question. There's only three patents that haven't meant anything. Wow. That was... <laughs> I feel bad. Jokes, man. I feel bad for jokes. Peyton Pritchard in yeah. Boston. I feel bad for um, man. Heard it yet. Oh, uh, oh, uh, I, well, let me answer his question. Uh, when is he? When does he realize? I think he came into the league, <laughs> and, and again, I'm sure David would know a lot more about this than I would. Um, I think there was definitely a push and pull between, or maybe not push and pull, tug of war. I don't know. Subtle. So, so it was subtle between him and Julius yeah. last year. And this this year he seems to be more just like, not that he wasn't always trying to do the right thing for the team last year. I thought he felt that he needed to come in and, and be that dominant guy to help the team. And now it's more like, okay, um, as they've all been preaching, Share the ball, right? Make the right pass. Always the right or the right pass. I think he's bought into that. I mean, he's taking fewer shots per 36 minutes than he was last year. His usage rate is lower. Um, so he's definitely not forcing it. Um, when does it happen? I, I, I don't know. Next year, I, I want to say. But at the same time, I almost don't want to disparage the possibility of Julius Randle continuing to get better because that dude is only 26 years old, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say – like, R.J. knows he's uh, – David said it before. R.J. knows he's the face of this franchise. Everybody knows he's the face of this franchise. That's not a question. So does he need to put up the numbers to back that up? I don't I don't know. Do, do you guys think he feels like he needs to do that? I'm not so sure. I, I think what he's alluding to is the fact that you don't really see him being the, the vocal leader on, on the court or, you know, demanding the ball from certain guys and – 
um, things of that nature, especially when is, the is that him is getting by. Right. That might, yeah, that just might not be his game. Yeah, I'm going to tell you guys right now, knowing RJ, that's not, he's not rah-rah. But I can imagine. bottom line, you don't need to be rah-rah to be a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. So, you know, like <clears> – <throat> Most killers don't say much when they're doing their job. So you gotta <laughs> just, uh, that was good. So, um, you know, but by the same token, the the thing about him is he's going to show, uh, I guess, his place or his the pecking order on the team based off of the type of shots and how he goes about in getting those shots. And we, we just talked about it. You know, he's great at getting to the – to the free throw line, he's great at being aggressive as a slasher. You know that that shows enough gall and wherewithal with him, him personally and as a player, to say no, 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 no. I'm gonna take care of this right now. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm not scared of the moment. I'm not gonna take a back seat. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing to say I'm not gonna take a back seat. It's just the team needs me to get a bucket. This is how I'm gonna go about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to answer. Uh, <laughs> to answer his other question, and you know, to see a player when you work with them, if a shooter, if a player is not a good shooter, they know they're not a good shooter. You know, it's just they 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 know this, and mentally, they're gonna get that in their heads where you know, I have an ego. I'm a professional athlete. I'm gonna shoot through this. I'm gonna find a way to get over the hump because that's just what athletes do. It's pretty apparent and pretty quick whenever I watch a player that I'm working out to say, this is what he needs to work on. And this is what we're going to work on two totally different things. And and I've always told people this first, you form habits and habits form you. So the way a player goes about it, his professionalism, if he walks in late, he doesn't respond to text. He doesn't want to go about it in a professional manner. That guy's going to be a bum. And that's just the way that it's going to work. Uh, he goes about it. He works on his craft. He goes and does the little things that's going to be a player that you're going to want to work with, and then he's going to get better eventually. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. And and uh, my guy TM in the chat said, don't forget Peyton Hillis for you football fans out there. Peyton Hillis. He spelled his name wrong. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he, was on the, he was on the cover of Madden one he year, was. right? He was on the cover of Madden. He, had, he had his day in the sun. He took it back. Yeah, he I had his day in the sun, man. For sure, for sure. Uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Quarter season report, CP, CK2K, Jonathan Macri, and David Zenon in the building. Great conversation, guys. I want to go to two more calls before we wrap. Are you guys okay on time? Can, can we take two more? All right, two more. Um, great, great conversation so far. We're going to go overseas. We're going to Vietnam. My guy hey. Greg from Vietnam, <clears throat> Ho Chi Minh City, holding it down. Been a regular caller for the past few nights. Uh, Greg, how you doing, man? Good morning to you, sir. What's going on, bro? Good morning. Good morning. Zin Chow, Zin Chow. Chuck Mum Nam Moy. That's okay. Happy New Year. Lunar New Year coming up here. No doubt. And um, Vietnam and China, a couple of things. First, I got to say rest in power to um, Sekou Smith, the yeah. uh, NBA yeah. writer, analyst. I don't know if you guys knew him. He's only 48 years old, died of COVID. I met him 20-some years ago when I worked up at ESPN Zone at the old 40 Deuce. So just shout-out to his family. Like Jay Boogie said, everybody be careful. Um, Shout-out to you for your show because, man, I – yesterday I was doing some some cardio. I was like, let me see what's on Knicks Fan TV. And you hit me with 
Derek Harper and Channing Frye and Kenyon Martin and Rasheed Wallace. And Rasheed Wallace was straight gully. It looked like he was down in his basement, hadn't brushed his teeth, didn't have yet dirty drawers on. And I had to put some Wu-Tang on after that. So thanks for doing what you do because don't nobody else have people like that. Appreciate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate it. And rest in peace, Seku Smith, for sure. Okay, and now to get to, I mean, you guys all said it. We all know the same thing. Everyone's trying to be positive. I don't mean to be Donald Downer. And I was going to wait till you did like a third of the season, which is like February 9th or 10th when we played Portland, to say some of this stuff. And I know Tibbs ain't going anywhere because we just got him, but, um, and we are 8 and 11, so we're ahead of the win pace. But he's done some questionable things. Obviously, with the rotation, you guys talking about, coaching and people improving. Um, I think, and one of you guys, I can't remember who said, you don't think some of the answers are on the roster. I think some of them might be if he changed up his rotation. I know we had a short training camp and only preseason games and people were hurt, but some of these people are back now and maybe we need to see him. Okay. I don't like Alfred Payton. Like one of y'all said, he shouldn't be starting. He's not a bad guy. He should be playing 15, 20 minutes a game. He shouldn't be starting. Guys, talk about stats. Between RJ and Peyton, they both shooting about 28% from three. That is not going to work when you have two starters shooting that bad. Quickly, you know, I know he's he's going to have some – one game, he was like two games, he was like one for ten or one for nine. He's going to have those, but I'd rather roll with him making mistakes than seeing Peyton. Frank is back. I don't like Frank. I don't see why all these people – like him, he's had 20 points, I think, twice. He's had a double-double twice in his whole career in three years. But, you know, <laughs> we have him now. You can sit Peyton. He ain't going to care. He's making $5 million a year. See what Frank has. But, you know, we got all this young team, second preseason game. It was like, Coach, what do you think? He's like, our youth is going to be an advantage. It's not an advantage if you don't play these boys. We should be running, run, run, run. Against Sacramento, we had zero Fast break point. Mm. Zero. How does that even happen? That's crazy. You get more fast break points than that on a Friday, (laughs) the day after Thanksgiving pickup game at the Y after you didn't hit a blunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a fact, man. You know, that's like when. Yeah, appreciate the call, man. We only got a couple more minutes left. So, um, to me, fellas, listen. The two's locked in, the four's locked in, the five is locked in. To me, the changes in the rotation is either going to come at the one or the three. Are you going quickly? Are you going to go Burks? Are you going to go Bullock? Are you going to go three guard with Rivers? Are you going to throw Frank in there? Um, I'm not just. I'm not so sure. I'd love to see the offense get a jolt in the arm, the lineup get a jolt in the arm. There's no reason for them to be dead last in fast break points, especially the way they rebound the ball. I think they need to be out running more, like Greg said. Um, I'm just not sure what Tibbs, where Tibbs is going to go because he, he seems like a guy that sticks to his guns um, for a while. And they, they claim they're going to reevaluate things after 20 games. We'll, we'll see, man. So, uh, Macri, what, what do you think on that one? I I think the change is going to – I'm going to just repeat what I said before. I think there's going to be a change. I don't think it's going to be with, with someone who's on the roster right now. Mm. And I think it'll be um, – with it, you know – the trade deadline's March 25th. Um, I don't think it'll be that long. I think they'll. I have a feeling they'll swing something sooner. Not like tomorrow or or even next week, but I don't think they're gonna wait that long. All right. 
little cryptic. Okay, okay. I just, I, I just have a gut. It's just that's that is nothing. That is nothing more than a gut feeling. That's all that is. All right, all right, no doubt, man. Uh, CK David, anything on that one, or we go to the next one? Um, you know, my answer is the same. Mine's not as cryptic because yeah. I don't have those sources, but you know, uh, there's a campaign I've been the head of that I'm hoping happens along the way at some point, whether it's by trade or by signing in the off season. That's what I'm going to say for right now. But I agree. I think the two, the four and the five is a lock. Um, I still think there's plenty of room for something to be changed. Uh, I would love to see Frank be put in there because I mean, benefit of the doubt his last game before he got hurt was nice. So why mm-hmm. the hell not? Um, but I also, like you said, Tibbs is not the kind of guy that's going to shake out of how he feels or how he um, goes about coaching. So if it doesn't happen, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised there yeah. either. But, yeah, I, I still, like J-Mac, J- I think that is going to be something outside that happens first before mm-hmm. we. Mm. Accessibility is availability. Yeah. Frank Facts. hasn't been available. It's not been available. Yeah, Obi's been missed available. time with the injury. It is what it is. Um, you know, transition points, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we haven't had guys that were able to rim run. We haven't had the ability to have shooters that were running wide and deep. We, we've had a lot of guys that have had these offensive explosions in a half-court set, and we can't rely necessarily on that. We have to be able to find a way to have more spacing, and I think that, when you have a, a big that's able to run, that's going to open up the floor here and there at certain points for other shooters and other people to get into that rhythm in which we don't have to have the, the air dribbled out of the ball. And that's not saying that we have anybody that does that, but what I'm saying is it's just that's just the way that the game works. Mm-hmm. So by the same token, I, I don't – at this point, Tibbs kind of sees who does what. Like, that's just – that's just the animal that we're dealing with, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm going to listen to the guy that has had teams in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals and has been to a Finals before. You got to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta take it man. yeah, I agree with you there, man. All right, last call of the night. Ari, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, CP? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me. Um, with um, First of all, you know, regarding the Knicks this season – Personally, I'm very, very happy how the season's going. The most important thing is player development, and I see development from every single player on the team. Mitch is, is um, getting better with the fouls. RJ's hitting his free throws. You know, who thought Emmanuel quickly would be this good? Kevin Knox is somehow playing defense. So, you know, and we're also establishing a culture, um, you know, playing hard defense, right? That's what kind of Tibbs preaches. Obviously, you know, his rotation to get better, but, like, the fabric of the identity of defense, I like it. Um, but to Jay Boogie's point, when is RJ going to realize he's the face of the franchise? That's easy. March 25th when the Knicks trade Julius Randle for future draft picks or for a superstar. There we go. Um, so, you know, as long as Julius Randle is the all-star, getting all the touches, you know, RJ is going to keep on getting frozen out, and they're going to keep on hindering Obi Toppin's growth, and that's what's going to happen. I just want to make one thing really clear real quick, all right, because CP and everyone you don't know, I have dudes in my DMs that I don't even know that know me from the show saying, should we trade for Beal? Should we trade everyone on our team for Superstar? All right, this is what I have to say, all right? The reason why it's been 20 years of us not winning is because every single time we told ourselves we're going to rebuild, we get distracted for a win-now move, overpay some guy who's not going to move the needle, 
ends up being a four seed, five seed, six seed, and never getting over the hump. What is Bradley Beal and Julius Randle by themselves with a gutted team going to do? It's going to make you an eight seed and you're going to get swept. Let me explain something to you guys who gave my DMs all this time, all right? I don't do participation trophies, all right? I'm not trying to make the playoffs, bro. I'm trying to win a championship. I'm trying to build to win a chip, all right? I don't want to be an eight seed with no cap space and be stuck in mediocrity, all right? I don't do the participation thing like, oh, I'm tired of waiting. I want to be in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. No, listen, man. This is New York City. I'm trying to win a chip, all right? And if that means we have to be patient, we have to keep on adding assets to the point where we have enough assets where we could give up half of the farm and bring in a superstar and still have a team around them. That's what we need to do. And that requires patience, all right? The reason it's taken this long is because every single time we rebuild, we always do a win-now move, okay? And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Ten it. Ten For once, all right? And that's the end of it. Keep building, keep developing, and then when the time is right, the time is right. That's right. my take. There I'm gone. Shout out, Jay Flores. <laughs> and Ari drops the mic. That <laughs> needed music. Five star call says New York basketball, man. Five star call, man. Don't skip steps, he said. That was intense. Yeah. Breathe, yeah. brother. Breathe. Yeah. yeah. That's that Ari, man. So salute to Ari, man. Yeah, the, the chats when the chat sent him threats on on his Instagram, man. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, salute to Ari, man. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. Where the, I don't see them making a Julius move, honestly. I, I, I really I just, just don't. Can I just point out we haven't been a four or five seed since the 90s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse me, 2000. Hold on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us that one. Come on, Nick's yeah. Tape, right? Since, since, <laughs> yeah, since, yeah. Tape, right? <laughs> uh, I haven't been there since Nick's Tape, man. Listen, there's no perfect way to build. Um, I'm not uh, – I, I don't root for this team to lose. I love winning. I love seeing them win. It makes the show even better for me. But, um, you know, if they make it, I'd be thrilled. If they don't make it, I'd be thrilled because I, I think it means that we, we get back in the lottery and get some more talent in here. And if Dallas tanks, then we get more talent in here. You know, so I, I'm I'm good either direction, man. But with the Randall thing, I'm just not sure which way they go with it. I, I don't see um, a, a trade worth their while where, you know, you're not just going to dump them off just for the sake of a rebuild. And I don't think there's a, a you know – is there a competitor out there that wants to get him for a stretch run? I, I don't see it, man. I, I just don't see. I think the Randall trade is a lot more difficult than, than people think. Um, I would agree with that. He um, he has done what he's done for New York this season because he's had the ball in his hands. And uh, competitors, uh, or, or contenders rather, uh, tend to already have um, a couple of guys on sure. their roster that sure. um, fill that fill that void. So um, I'm not I'm not sure where the where the team is that's going to give the Knicks what they would what require they because yeah. I, and again this, is, this ain't any kind of inside inside information I could just be like common sense yeah. they ain't giving this dude away for the the Marcus Morris right. trade this is, this is not the Mook trade this is no. not the Mook trade this is you don't you don't do that yeah not at all man so uh, C K David anything on that. I appreciate his fervor, uh, man. Fervor is a good word. Yeah. That's the word, yes. yes. No, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, as I said, we have a young core finally. We don't have to blow things up. You know, we're definitely not going to be the 4-5 or five seed, but if we miss the playoffs, I'm not mad at that. I, I'm just looking at – I just want to see development. I want to see confidence. Yeah. 
I want to see confident. I want to see growth in some point in some facet of their games. And I think that we're seeing that. So as patience and we will see how things are going to fold. That, that's a fact, man. CKL, any last words? Are we spoken in, man? I want the longevity, not the short, uh, not the quick fix. I'm, I'm with him 100%. Uh, he was just all the emotion. I loved it. Just wish we had a track that we could play behind him while he was preaching. But yeah, I'm not gonna... <laughs> he, he, needed, he needed that 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 ether track. Yeah, he needed ether. Oh, yeah, yes, he did. Yes, <laughs> facts, man. Facts, man. <laughs> uh, but yo, fellas, man, definitely appreciate the time. I thought this was, this was a great session. Mm-hmm. Salute to all the callers that called in. Definitely appreciate it. Um, David, I'll start with you, man. Go ahead and close out and, and let the people know where they can find you. I'm at David Zenon One, uh, David Zenon the number one. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. DM me any questions. Follow me. I I respond back most of the time. I love interacting with you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on and and listening to my uh, to my crazy takes at times. Now, nah, but I appreciate you. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Love y'all. Appreciate it, man. CK, go ahead, bro. Uh, everywhere, CK2K. Um, but as always, make sure you follow everybody that's been on this panel. You know, I love the, the community that we got. Um, you know, find me CK2K videos whenever I can, and you know, I'm all over Twitter talking about the Knicks because I have a crazy addiction, just like the rest of these guys <laughs> on this panel. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, stay safe, be smart, and stay patient. Talk to Amari. Macri, go ahead, bro. Uh, you can find me in my laundry room where I'm at right now, <laughs> sitting here and doing this this show. Um, no, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at uh, JC Macri NBA and link to my newsletter and uh, next film school podcast and the whole thing. Go, go vote Julius Randle for the All Star. Yeah, vote yes. Julius for the All Star team, man. Absolutely, man. And salute uh, to everybody in the chat once again. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. This was an outstanding show. Make sure you guys hit those likes. Let's get those likes up like Reddit did the stock market, man. This is Wall Street mm-hmm. right here. This is Knicks Fan TV. Remember, this show is also available in audio podcast format. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Google Play, all major podcast platforms on the Knicks Fan TV. So make sure uh, you go ahead and listen to them podcast uh get your snapbacks man Knicks fan tv snapbacks are flying off the shelf in stores now you can get it at knicksfantv.com or right underneath you uh in on youtube so definitely do that real quick i just want to shout out some of the super chats that came in shout out to oscar de Leon. Uh, he's talked about Jeremy Grant. No, the Knicks wouldn't be trading for Jeremy Grant, but he's having an outstanding season, man. He was one of my free agent targets. I, I wish uh, they, they would have taken a look at, but Jeremy Grant. Can we get Jerry in Grant? <laughs> yeah, we want to bring Jerry in Grant back. Let's go get Jerry Let's go get Jerry back, man. Um, Jay Giant 10 says, RJ's doing what he can, surrounded by ball hawks and Peyton and Randall. RJ shows leadership skills behind the scenes. KFTV better than TV. Appreciate Jay Giant. Eric Booker, hashtag Mavs fade for Cade. So he wants to see it all burned down. I'm with you, Eric. Salute to you. And salute to Mangu Man, my Dominican brother. He says, um, yeah, Eric Booker, he's, yeah, every day he's with that Mavs fade for Cade, man. I'm with it, though. Uh, salute to Mangu Man, man. I can't see the, the comment, but definitely appreciate it. And everybody, we'll see you guys tomorrow, man. Knicks versus Cavs, post-game live. Keep it locked. Knicks fan TV. See you guys tomorrow, man. Be safe out there. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.